mean, this is profit to the nation. If you're looking for a place to advertise your business, your products, here is a platform available for you. All you have to do is direct message me and I'll get in contact with you for more details. God bless you.
Thank you for the opportunity to speak with you tonight. 
This was a challenging talk to put together. I was sexually abused as a child. I've talked about it in bits and pieces, but never put it together as I have for this talk tonight. I'm going to attempt to lead you briefly through my life and explain why I chose to continue to follow God. First, to help you understand my perspective, I live my life in different rooms in my head. I recently realized this through a song that my husband and my son introduced me to called Mansion, written by the singer NF. He talks about his life as rooms such as abuse, shame, regret, and fear. Some of the rooms he does not want to enter, some of them he is trapped in. This is what I felt like. So please join me as I show you some of the rooms in my life. I will start by telling you what other people saw and what I chose to try to believe. This is the room I would run back to to be able to deal with life. We were seen as the perfect and model family. We went to church and we were involved. My father counseled people, preached, led Sunday school and youth group and was in leadership. There were times I sang in church, played my flute and led the service with my father. When guests were invited to our house, I had to play the piano. And when it was time for us children to go to bed, we had to kiss everyone goodnight. Guests thought it was sweet. As children, we were well behaved. My mother was a wonderful cook and both my parents were entertainers. That is what people saw and experienced. I was told by several people I was blessed to be in this family. So this was the fake room of happiness that I would try to make myself believe. As you guessed, there was more going on. I am the eldest of four children. I was born through an affair. My mother had to go back to work when I was six weeks old, so I was put in daycare. My father was still living with his first wife. He would come and visit my mother and I. One of the times my father was taking care of me, we were playing on the bed, and then a strange look came over me, came over him, and he sexually abused me. I remember the pain and feeling very confused. Right after, he put me in the closet. It was dark. I was scared. I was also bleeding. He came and took me out of the closet and cleaned me up. My mother came home later, and I remember telling her that I hurt. My father brushed to the side and said, I bumped into the coffee table while playing. I was about four years old. My parents got married when I was six and my sister was two years old and soon after my two brothers were born. As I got older, the abuse got worse. More would happen when my parents were at odds and my mother was not talking to my father or would lock him out of the room. There were many times my father would come up to my room late at night, wake me up and ask me to come downstairs. I was scared of disobeying him, so I would go. If I were to fall asleep, he would come back. This was also the time I was introduced to porn movies, which would lead to more abuse. My father would talk to me and try to get me involved in the sexual act. He would try telling me what to do and compliment me if I pleased him. This would make me feel awful. Fondling would happen while we were watching movies with my siblings. I would struggle quietly but I was scared of upsetting my father. Being home alone with my father was terrible. I would beg my mother to go out with her, but my father would make an excuse on why I should stay home. I was also punished 
when I locked the bathroom door. The last four or five months at home, I got my own room. I was excited. What I didn't anticipate was that a door could be locked. I would wake up at times to being abused. There was not a safe place in my house. There were times that my father was very forceful if I didn't cooperate, but the times he was calm, trying to make me participate was worse. It made me feel like it was my fault and that I was asking for it or leading him on. My father would take me out and apologize for what he was doing, even show me in the Bible where it was wrong. He would tell me it would not happen again and ask for my forgiveness. But some months later, it would start again. He would never phrase it as abuse. He would just say he was sorry. He said it was wrong, but I didn't fully understand what that meant. There were some people that found out about the abuse. They would confront my father, but he would talk his way out of it. My mother walked in on one incident where my father was on top of me. It was very clear what was going on. My mother was very mad. She found a briefcase full of porn magazines and she confronted my father along with what she saw. My father talked his way out using the excuse that he was teaching me and telling my mother she did not know what she was talking about. The abuse went on for another four years. Along with the, the sexual abuse, there was physical, mental, and emotional abuse. My father was very demanding and overbearing. It was very difficult to please him, so I felt like a failure. The majority of compliments and encouragements I received were sexual. When I was about 11 or 12, my parents' arguments started to get violent. There was yelling, pushing, and shoving. One time my mother was so mad at my father, she chased him around the house with a knife. I tried to stop her, but I got in trouble by my father for getting in the way. Another time my mother again had enough of my father and hit him with a vase. He was cut on the cheek, came to me bleeding, telling me it was all my fault. I was the one to blame if things were not going well. In my preteens, my father would tell me that he was what he was doing to me was a secret and that I shouldn't tell anyone. He told me he was teaching me and I was lucky. He also assured me that if I continued quietly, he would not touch my sister and he would not divorce my mother. My siblings meant everything to me. I was like a second mother to them. I also feared my parents separating. My father knew what to say to keep me quiet. I thought I was protecting my sister and my mother. As long as they were safe, it didn't matter what happened to me. So these are some of the rooms in my life as a child. There was so much going on. There were so many bad rooms. I would believe the good that people said about my family and convince my th myself that things were not that bad. Putting it all together for you tonight sounds awful. But growing up, the only way I could survive was by being in one room at a time. It would have been too much to put everything together. I moved a lot as a child. I did not have very many friends. I was also very shy. I held on to the happy times as best as I could. As the years went on, I hated my life. I hated myself. And I wanted my life to end. 
I wanted out. I didn't have much time to dwell on these thoughts as, as there was always something going on. The one thing that kept me going were my siblings. Then life changed. One evening at bedtime, I went to the basement to hide from my father. I found my sister there. That was when I found out my father was touching her. I was furious. He promised me that he would not touch her. The next day, for the first time, I yelled at my father, telling him he was a liar and that he'd promised. I thought I was protecting my sister. He tried to calm me down, but I could not listen to him. I called my best friend at the time and said, I promised to tell you something tomorrow. I knew if I said it that way, I would have to keep my promise. I was so scared. The next day I told her that my father was interfering with me. Those were the only words I knew to express what was going on. I asked her not to tell anyone. I was 15 years old. My friend told her mother, which was a good thing. Within a week, we had a school trip, and after the trip, I went to my friend's house. Her mother asked me about the abuse, and I admitted to her what was going on, and she called the authorities. They wanted to put me on the waiting list, but she told them she wasn't getting off the phone until somebody came. I thank God for her persistence. They sent someone, someone, and I spoke to the social worker and answered his questions. He then explained to me that my father was sexually abusing me and what it was. I did not realize it was sex. I had no idea. I had no idea of the severity of the situation, how wrong it was, and that it was punishable. Through our talking, they found out about my sister, and she was taken out. So we were out of the house. We were scared and did not know what was going to happen. So you might be asking, where is God? Let me back up a little bit. I told you that I grew up in a family that went to church. When I was about eight years old, I went to a kid's church event and heard about Jesus, him loving me and dying on the cross and rising for me, rising again. I believed he was real, and I accepted it into my heart and was baptized a year later. I felt like I invited a friend into my heart. I knew Jesus was with me. I could talk to him, and I would ask him to take me out of the situation. As I look back, I see that God took me out at the, at the right time. Remember, I did not understand that I was being sexually abused. I knew that something was not right, and I didn't like it. I was not a child to question my parents. I also wanted peace. So I ended up sacrificing myself, thinking it would bring peace. In my later teens and early 20s, there were times I wondered if following God was the right thing to do or if I was believing something fake. In those times, I would look back at what I had been through and could not deny that God was real. Let me give you some examples. It was my first foster mother that believed me and knew what to do to get me out of the house. In consoling me, she told me that God is the father of the fatherless. That comforted me since I did not have my parents. She also told me that I could be real with God. If I was angry, sad, mad, or hurt, he was able to handle it, and I did not need to pretend to be someone I was not around him. I grew up thinking God was loving but very condemning. My first foster mom introduced me to a side of God that is loving, caring, and works where we are. This gave me hope and allowed me to move forward. I also believe that it was by God's grace I did not get pregnant. God kept me safe in relationships. 
The day I was out of the house, I was encouraged to tell Andrew, the person I was interested in, that I was abused. I was so scared that he was going to run the other way. Despite hearing about my situation, we started dating. He came from a wonderful family and had good morals. He could have easily taken advantage of me because I had no self-worth. Over time, I adopted his morals. It was him that I started to learn how to trust. We dated for six and a half years before we got married. My first foster home was temporary. A lady at the Christian school I was attending heard about us and prayed all night for a place for my sister and I. God gave her two homes. I was sad to be separated from my sister, but there was a lot I needed to deal with. The second foster home was wonderful. I knew two of the children and my foster mom from the Christian school I attended. They were very, they were very loving and my foster parents accepted me as a daughter and the kids accepted me as a sibling. To this day, my foster mom comes to visit for a month in the summer to see her grandkids and spend time with us. God gave me a new family. I tried to communicate with my biological family, but my parents blamed me for everything and said that I should go back to the courts and say that I lied. They also told my brothers lies about me so they didn't want to see me. If I was not in a supportive home where I was able to talk and get good counsel, I would have gone back believing everything was my fault. When I got married, I invited the social workers and the police officer that were assigned to my case. I wanted to, them to see how God had worked in my life and changed me. I wanted to encourage them because I knew their job was difficult. They were in tears. I remember talking with the police officer when he came to congratulate us. He told me that my situation was one of the worst he had seen. At the beginning, they thought I would be a basket case on the side of the road and that there was not much hope for me. So why do I continue to follow God? One verse that is very helpful, that I found very helpful, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. This verse became very important to me. I knew that I was naive and that I came from a bad background in a way of life that I did not want to continue. I knew that I had to learn how to change so I would not repeat the past. The part that says, lean not on your own understanding, was very pivotal. My spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional perspective was messed up. If I trusted on my own understanding, I don't know where I'd be right now. What I had grown up with was wrong, but it was all that I knew. God taught me through the Bible, teachings, and other people around me how to live my life the way God wants me to live. I learned through some wonderful Christian ladies who counseled me how to give my problems to God and how to effectively deal with my past so my future would be better. This was a lot of work. And I had a lot of ups and downs and doubts. But every down that I was able to work through, things got better. Once I got married, you can imagine it was not easy. Being with my husband physically was something I struggled with and had to work through. I was now in a relationship where the physical side was right and good. Every time we were together, I had a fight in my head telling myself it was okay and that God made this good. 
God continued to remind me and teach me that he created the physical side of marriage and that it is good. One day, the fight in my head stopped, and I was finally comfortable. It took about 14 years, but it was worth it. It was God that showed me how to be in my marriage, how to communicate effectively, and how to be with my husband. I was also taught growing up that it was a weakness to ask for help. Well, God showed me otherwise by giving me 10 wonderful children. I had to learn to ask for help. In having our In having our children, I had to learn how to trust my husband with them. I struggled with changing their diapers and bath time. As infants and toddlers, I saw how innocent they were and how much they looked up to me. I had to forgive my father for taking advantage of me as an innocent child. I went through that with each child. I also learned to control my temper as mine was like my father's, and I learned how to encourage my children as I was not encouraged properly. I also learned through my children what trust looked like. They trusted me and looked up to me in a way that I did not understand. I was able to comfort them with a kiss or a pat on the head. That was not something I experienced. I'm thankful for my relationship that I have with my husband and my children. I thank God for teaching me and continuing to teach me what I don't know. It has been a lot of change and learning. I'm amazed at my life and my family today. I am blessed. God has healed me to a point where my past is my past, and and I'm living a wonderful life now, and I look forward to my future. Following God and learning a new life has not been easy. It has been like plowing a new field. You have to make the path, deal with the rocks and weeds and whatever else there is before you can plant. Once you plant, there's watering, pulling weeds, and waiting. It's hard work. It's not easy. I have to remember my blessings as I go through difficult times. It's my blessings that keep me encouraged and give me the drive to continue moving forward. If I continue to dwell on my past, I would still be living in the past. God has given me the information and direction I have needed every step of the way. All I had to do was ask. If you're going through difficult times, I encourage you to believe in God and follow his ways. I also encourage you to find a good church. Learning how to live for God is work, but it's freeing and a wonderful way of life. Thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning in. This is your natural wellness coach, Autumn Miller. Yes, also known as Prophetina Nation. I'm a certified natural wellness coach. I specialize in essential oils, herbs, womb therapy, and natural organic eating. Um, if you need some help and some assistance, please direct message me and I will give you more details. Looking forward to hearing from you. Amen, everybody. That was really powerful. I want to check out the song that she said in, um, in F. I didn't understand NF's ministry. If you didn't know, who, if you don't know who NF is, he is a uh, high-profile. I guess you want to. I don't like. Well, he's famous. He's a famous Christian hip-hop artist. Um, he's actually uh, bigger than Lecrae, believe it or not. Um, I never really I could understand his ministry until she was saying how she heard that song and it spoke to her abuse. So that 
that lets me know why his music is the way that it is. But anyways, I want to check the song out here on air. But this week on on the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, sexual abuse. This is something that God gave me um, over the weekend, especially since we've been talking about prophet and prophetic ministry and what all people go through in the prophetic ministry. Um you know, uh, the trauma, the everything that, you know, we experience as a whole, um, that ties into our calling or, you know, so I thought I just would share this and I'm, then I'm going to share my personal experiences with sexual abuse. Um, my father is going to be on the line with us probably tomorrow. Um, and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to share. Um, so I pray that you will get a healing. I pray that you will share. I pray that you start talking about it. You don't have to, you know, live your life holding it in guilt and shame. If you listen to the other podcasts, we talked about torn between two worlds. And I believe I'm going to go back and revisit that. But I believe in there, Pastor Anthony was talking about, um, people carry around so much guilt, hurt and shame, you know, from, from other people. Okay, and I believe this is a time. I don't know who this is for. It is time for you to get set free, amen, from all of the sexual abuse, uh, physical abuse that you may have experienced. At any time, if anybody wanted to call in, if you needed prayer or you want to share your testimony, um, you could be the line uh, is open for you to call in. Um, you would just hit the number one or two or whatever line that you would see was available. Wait for me to accept the call and then wait for me to give you um, instruction when to go to go ahead and share whatever's on your heart and mind. Um, I do want to check this song out. So I don't know if you guys um, will stay around with me to listen, but I wanted to share this little nugget today. I know there's a lot going on today. We got the elect electoral votes happening. We got uh, shots fired down at the cap down at the White House. We got people trying to barge in the White House. Um, we are praying for our nation too at this time, but I believe that it's all in God's hands. God, as this prophet, as being prophetic vessel, uh, the Lord didn't give me nothing to do but to pray right now for them. So that's all I'm going to do. And I know it's in the Lord's hand and I got peace. Although it looks chaotic on TV, but God is in control. My main focus is whoever God wants to reach right now through this sexual abuse series, uh, part one and part two and three that we'll have during this week. So I hope this blesses you. I, I do need you to share this podcast. I do need you to like this podcast. Um, if you like this episode after it's reloaded, you should be able to go like the podcast and also follow me here on uh, Prophet to the Nation on Podbean. So I appreciate you guys uh, stopping by. And let me pull this song up so we can hear the words to it. That was an incredible testimony that she shared. She was strong. Um, look how God turned her life around. And, you know, we still had, she had, you know, forgave them who hurt her. We, and that's what we have to do. Even in my experiences, I want to get into it now, but tomorrow I had to forgive those who did the most mean and unthinkable things to me. I had to forgive them. Amen. So I'm going to go to go to one commercial and then we'll go to the song. Hey, you're listening to Prophet to the Nation Automotive Podcast. 
If you would like to be a special guest, if you would like to share your testimony, if you would like to give a message, please contact me, direct message me, and let's link up. The world needs to hear what you have to offer. Thank you so much for tuning in to Profit to the Nation. What's reality with all these questions? Feels like I missed my alarm and slept in, slept in. Broken legs, but I chase perfection. These wounds are my blank expression. My mind is a home I'm trapped in, and it's lonely inside this mansion. My mind is a house with walls covered in lyrics. They're all over the place. The songs in the mirrors written all over the floors, all over the chairs. And you get the uncut version of life when I go downstairs. That's where I write when I'm in a bad place and need to release and let out the version of NF you don't want to see. I put holes in the walls with both of my fists till they bleed. You might get a glimpse of how I cope with all this anger in me. Physically abused. Now that's the room that I don't want to be in. That picture ain't blurry at all. I just don't want to see it. And these walls ain't blank. I just think I don't want to see them. But why not? I'm in here, so I might as well breathe them. I gotta thank you for this anger that I carry around. Wish I could take a match and burn this old room to the ground. Matter of fact, I think I'm gonna burn this room right now. Somehow this memory for some reason just won't do it down. on me in the corner so you can see the fear in my eyes. Then took me downstairs and beat me till I screamed and I cried. Congratulations. Keep the door shut and lock the lyrics inside. Insidious is blind inception. What's reality with all these questions? Feels like I missed my alarm and slept in. Slept in. Broken legs, but I chase perfection. These walls are my blank expression. My mind is a home I'm trapped in. And it's only inside this mansion. Yo, my mind is a house with walls covered in pain. See, my problem is I don't fix things, I just try to repaint. Cover them up like it never happened. Say, I wish I could change. Are you confused? Come upstairs and I'll show you what I mean. This room's full of regrets, just keeps getting fuller, it seems. The moment I walk into it, the same moment that I want to leave. I get sick to my stomach every time I look at these things. But it's hard to look past when this is the room where I sleep. I look around when I still be there when I die. Congratulations. You'll always have a room in my mind. The question is, will I ever clean the walls off inside? Insidious is blind inception. What's reality with all these questions? Feels like I missed my alarm and slept in. Slept in. Broken legs, but I chase perfection. These walls are my blank expression. My mind is all. 
I built a safe room and I don't let no one in there Cause if I do, there's a chance that they might disappear And not come back, and I admit, I am emotionally scared Can't let anyone inside, so I just leave my doors locked You might get other doors to open up, but this door's not Cause I don't want you to have the opportunity to hurt me And I'll be the only person that I can blame when you deserve me I'm barricaded inside Cause in order to do that, I'd have to open the doors Is that me or the fear talking? I don't know anymore Hello, this is Pastor Mark Miller. I'm Prophetess Autumn Miller's husband. And I just wanted to take a short minute here and ask if there's anybody out there that does not know Jesus Christ and who he is and would like to get to know him and have a personal relationship. I would just ask you, if you would, wherever you're at right now, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And have broken your laws. I understand that my sin has separated me from you. I am sorry and I ask you to forgive me. I accept the fact that your son Jesus Christ died for me. And was resurrected and is alive today. And here's my prayers. I now know my heart's open door. And I invite Jesus in to become my Lord and Savior. I give him control and I ask that he would rule and reign in my heart. So that his perfect will would be accomplished in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Congratulations. If you prayed this prayer in all sincerity, you are now a child of God. That's right. You roll with God in the kingdom. However, there's still a few more steps that you need to do to follow up your commitment. That would be get baptized in full immersion in water as commanded by Christ. Tell someone else about your new faith in Christ. Spend time with God each and every day prayer and in the reading of the Bible, his word. Amen. You all have a blessed day. Thank you for tuning in to Prophet to the Nation, Autumn Miller's podcast. We will see you next time. Please come and call in and give us your testimony. And remember, Jesus loves you. God can heal you. Share your story and let us pray with you.